I love editing. Yeah. I really do because I, I think that all of the challenges of a film can roll downhill throughout the process of filmmaking and they can't roll downhill anymore when they're in the edit room. By me doing this, by me actually living out, by me actually pursuing, that someone else is inspired to pursue whatever their dream is. In a nutshell, we're basically an advocate for your film in terms of connecting your film to media and audiences that will appreciate your vision and champion it. Do you think you'd ever have a difficult time breaking out of character? It could happen. Definitely it could happen, but it, I wouldn't let it happen for too long because I don't want people to think I'm actually crazy. We'd have blow-up dolls and, you know, we'd bring people on the stage and, like, how many sex positions can you make with this blow-up doll in 30 seconds? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? we give them a free t-shirt or whatever. Everyone on this set, for example, has an equal role that is just as valuable. It doesn't matter, man, if someone in the building is cleaning the floor, you know, if there's an executive producer, you know, um, you know, at, the, at a certain level, it doesn't matter. We're all here for the story, you know? You have to be fearless. You have to remember, you literally only got one shot in life. It's either you do what you want to do for the rest of your life or you don't do what you want to do for the rest of your life. You only have two options. And the journey is so great. And welcome to the Cinema After Dark podcast. This is show number 100. I want to thank all of you out there for tuning in. My gosh, it has certainly been a pleasure giving you that indie film content, that inspiration sometimes we need to continue moving forward in this crazy industry. And for those that aren't in the industry, hopefully you found this as a source of inspiration as well. But I really want to thank you all out there for listening. Of course, my name is Max Cole. And I'm the host and producer of this show. And I am broadcasting from the entertainment capital of the world, sunny Los Angeles, California. The sun has set and the moonlight is now upon us. Thank you all for joining me on this special broadcast tonight. I want to remind all of our listeners that you can listen to all of the episodes of this show. If you subscribe to our podcast and iTunes, you can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link on our website. Please make sure you have some skin in the game, though, prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, you need to have a few credits under your belt. We certainly value that for credibility. I also strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. I want to remind you that this is an information and discussion-based show. We certainly don't censor ourselves in, my God... We never censor our guests, so please keep in mind that the views and opinions expressed on the show may not reflect the views and opinions of the host. My gosh, it is episode 100. We've got a wonderful guest by the name of Hillary Barriford, and let me tell you a little bit more about Miss Barriford. Hillary Barriford can currently be seen as a down-to-earth best friend, Sam, in a digital comedy series, Riley, which premieres tonight on YouTube. You may also have seen her in the drama Go for Sisters on United States of Terra and the touching drama Interwoven starring Oscar winner Monique. This summer, look for Hillary as suburban Snoop Jessica and Megan Friels Johnson's psychological horror film, The Ice Cream Truck, and as Jenny and Divorce Dramedy, The Way We Talk. Hillary has also written, produced, and appeared in several comedy shorts, including What's Up With Your Friend, Reunion, and Legitimate, which you can see on her YouTube page, Q-Picks Comedy. 
Hillary hails from Boston, but calls Los Angeles home and is totally in love with the New England Patriots. Yuck. That's all I have to say about that. And you'll find out why I'm saying that in this episode. First time listeners and long time listeners, make sure you make that fresh batch of popcorn. Sit back, relax and get comfortable while you listen to tonight's guest. Miss Fairford, my gosh, it is a pleasure to have you on the program here tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Max. I'm, I'm psyched. Oh, my. Me <laughs> too. <laughs> I love this stuff. My gosh. And, yes. And, you know, you're somebody that I've had my eye on for quite some time. You do a such Oh, have you? Indeed. <laughs> I've, I have been a somewhat of a stalker there on the uh, Twitter sphere. <laughs> Uh, it's cool because you're active on social media. You really are. Yeah. So. I, I mean, I try to be. I think it's fun to like put different kind of aspects of your personality out there. And I don't know, the platforms kind of lend themselves differently. So you yeah. get a little bit of different sides of the same person. So, oh, yeah, it's great mm -hmm. stuff to say the least. But we're going to talk about something later that we're well, I'm going to save it for later because I've got a bone to pick with you, miss. And I'll tell you what that is later. OK, oh, we're going okay. to le leave the listeners hanging on that, too, as well. OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dem's, Dem's fighting words. Max. I know, right? I know, right? Are we, are we gonna throw? Are we gonna throw down? Is that what's gonna happen? We'll, I'll, I'll, we'll come back to this. We'll come back okay. to this because, okay. oh my goodness, I've I've got to pick on you for a little bit because, well, we'll we'll get to it. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's again, it's a pleasure to have you on the program here tonight. And gosh, let's start with your backstory because I'd love to give our listeners some context. Where were you born and sure. raised? And, you know, how did you get started in this whole crazy entertainment industry? I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, born and raised, diehard Boston girl, Boston fan, ginormous <laughs> uh, Pats fan. Go Pats. Play oh, the my. Steelers on Sunday. Oh, so excited. See, this is, I'm going to get, uh, oh, you'll see. Is this the bone? Is oh, yes. Bone? Oh, yes. Is, did, did I already like stumble <laughs> on the bone? Um, I know within the first 30 seconds, you're that, already, that, you're already, that happens. You already yeah. pushed all yeah. my buttons. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got to, I got to stand behind the team. I, I know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Ah, jeez. Just well, not this Sunday, but we'll get into that. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll get into that. But yeah, I was uh, I, I was born in. But actually, you know what's funny? I, I, I growing up in Boston, I used to listen to this radio station, Magic one hundred six point seven. Oh yeah. And every night going to bed, David Allen Boucher was the DJ, and he would like be like he would talk very softly to you as you went to sleep and play love songs. And oh, your my. voice reminds me of David Allen Boucher. Oh, that's having, cool. Like, I'm that having like so flashbacks cool. to high school right now. Going. This is David Allen. Oh, my goodness. And uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, look at your clocks and yes. it's time to lay it down for the. Yeah, basically. Oh, that's basically. Hilarious. That's yeah, fantastic. That, that's, what, that's what you sound like, Max. Oh, that's, that is that's cool. That's, that's, a, cool. that's a compliment. Oh, my gosh. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I was I was born and raised in Boston and I was there until, gosh, about 10 years ago I came to L.A. Wow, but uh the story of how I got into acting is uh, interesting because I had a really good friend going up, my friend Beth, mm -hmm. and we were graduating from college and 
somebody had told Beth, like, you, oh, you're really beautiful and you should be a model and here's the name of an agency in Boston and you should definitely go and see if they'll sign you. And Beth decided she didn't want to do it alone. Oh. So she, she called me up and said, I don't want to do this alone. Come with me. Let's go to this modeling agency. And I was like, no, Beth. Uh-uh. No, I'm like graduating from Williams College. I'm going to like run a magazine someday. I know <laughs> I'm not an actor. I'm not a model. Like, no, I'm not going with you. And yeah. she spent an entire year, literally an entire year calling me up every so often and being like, will you please come? Just think about it. <laughs> so nice. at the end of the year, I went, okay, all right. You know what? <laughs> so like you, you, you've worn me down over the year. Yeah. And so we went into this agency together. This is like literally how I got my start. And I brought in a stack of photos, but they were all like four by six photos mm, yeah. from my college graduation. Oh, so literally like me in a cap and gown with my friends, <laughs> like not like talk about like no clue, right? Like not modeling photos Hilarious. at all, like cap and gown photos. <laughs> And uh, a miracle, miracle of all miracles, they ended up signing both of us to wow, the agency nice. and my first ever quote unquote acting gig. And they wouldn't really call it an acting gig, but I was a, a, a featured extra in a film called Moonlight Mile oh, yeah. with Dustin Hoffman and Susan Sarandon that was shooting in Boston. Yeah. And I had so much fun on the set of that film. And when I went down to the casting call, there was an online casting company uh, and that was relatively new at the time. Mm -hmm. And I won a free membership for a year to this online casting thing. So I started getting phone calls and people said, come in and read this. Oh, and I was oh. like, wow, I just, I just graduated from college. I can read. <laughs> so that's kind of how it got started. And then over time, you know, it was just a kind of a hobby and kind of a lark at first. And yeah. then I was like, all right, well, let me lay down some challenges. Like, let me see if I can star in a short film. Let me see if I can be in a feature. Let me see if I can star in a feature. Let me see if I can be in a drama. Like I kind of laid out these little goals for myself nice. and I kept, nice. kept achieving them. And finally I was like, well, you're not a real actor unless you live in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah it's, it's hard. So Although, I kind of, you know what, because let me interject here for a second, because how are productions done there? Are there a lot of indie filmmakers out that way? Because obviously a lot of, you know, Hollywood's shooting there a lot, especially with Ben Affleck. He's always shooting there. And, you know, there's a lot of other individuals that are shooting in Boston and that general mm -hmm. area. So is it kind of a hot place to film? Because I also know somebody who says that the indie film market in Boston now, I don't know if you, you know, go back and visit, obviously, I'm assuming that, um, but... You know, people often say to me and one of my buddies, he always says that the reason he loves indie film is because he did like a he did like a fellowship there, a doctorate there. And he said that there are a lot of independent film theaters and places that yes. show film. But um, yes. Yeah. How was it for you? In fact, in fact, my friend David is the projectionist for the Somerville Theater, which which is one of those great indie houses. And he's one of the few remaining people in the country wow. who is like an old school projectionist. Oh, cool. Like there's 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 only like I think maybe 20. I don't know, I don't know the exact number, but yeah. there's so few of him left. And I love that, you know, he's in Boston and that's how like dedicated Boston is to doing it right. <laughs> wow, good stuff. Did you have a lot of opportunities though? In Boston, uh, yeah, I did. I, I mean I mean, there's definitely, I mean, you could, you can do film 
anywhere. You know, yeah, I, I did, I did, I did a ton of amazing indie films in Boston. There's tons of opportunities to be in these bigger films that come through. Like I have a lot of friends who are in Patriots Day. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff happening in Boston, but I just felt like the place for me was West Coast as the best coast. Oh, so. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with you. But there, no I doubt. Think, I think the beauty of it is that you can do it anywhere, and good stories come from everywhere. Absolutely. But, absolutely. But but you can't. It's really hard to make a living in Boston doing it because there's not as many opportunities yeah. as there are out here. And granted, it's really difficult out here right. to make a living as well, but at least there are, are, you know, gobs more opportunities to get paid and to be involved in projects that are kind of bigger than yourself. Oh, you know? So, so true. So let's yeah. like, you know, fast forward here, you arrive yeah. in Hollywood <laughs> and how did you get started you know, did you already have a plan? Did the agency kind of help out with that? How were you able to start to, you know, cure work? Well, I I just kind of barreled in headfirst. Nice. So it's kind of the way I, I've always done things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a Boston broad. In nice. That sense. I'm like just kind of like 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 barge in first and ask questions later. So <laughs> I uh, I came out here. I did not know anybody. I had zero connections i you know all my connections are on the east coast you know right. I, all my friends all my college friends all my work friends all my film friends like i didn't know anyone out here so when i left i asked everyone i knew like you know and for all like people in boston love to kind of like give la some shit and kind yeah. of put it down like you know <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of them are like oh la blah blah like oh do i have to call your agent now like all that stuff. <laughs> but it's interesting because when you straight up ask them you know what, I'm about to make this really scary move and I don't know anybody. And I would, you know, do you know anyone out in LA? Everyone loves to claim somebody yeah, in LA. Yeah, so they, they make fun of Los Angeles for being, you know, the shallow town that it is. <laughs> but if you ask them, if you know anyone, they're like, oh yeah, you know, my yeah. best friend's sister's cousin's boyfriend. <laughs> it's like Ferris Bueller, right? That's so true. This girl, it's like one flavors. <laughs> like, everybody wants to claim somebody. Right. So they all were like, Oh, you should totally call this guy and this girl. And, and so I ended up with all these phone numbers and, and emails and, and what have you. And I just started to systematically like every day I'd wake up and reach out to people and be like, I'm new. I'm just trying to get the lay of the land. Can we grab coffee? Oh, nice. And most, most of them were really nice about it. And from there I started to make some friends and get introduced to people. So that kind of got the ball rolling. Cool. But this is definitely a town of, you know, it is true. Like you have to actually know people to yeah. get anywhere. You can't just be like, I'm new and hi. Right. You know, that, that whole like rosy faced off the yeah. <laughs> yeah, turn up truck kind of deal. Right. Like it doesn't right. work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, so true. I quickly realized I had to actually invest time in like sitting across a table from a person. Yeah. If I was ever going to, you know, figure out even how <laughs> to get started. Right. Right. Yeah. My goodness. That's interesting. By the way, I want to rewind here for a second. So did you actually listen? Were you a radio buff growing up? Because uh, for me, my introduction to broadcast was sports radio. I like I love listening to sports radio. And then I would listen to like a lot of nighttime radio. Like I would listen to yeah. um, you know, some of the stations, a lot of slow jams, stuff like that, just music at night. And I used to love the voices that would come on at night. They were soothing. I used to always listen to it before I used to go to sleep, too. It's kind of funny you say that. And I'd listen to a lot of talk radio, too. But how about yourself? Did you uh, listen to radio a lot? Oh, absolutely. I mean, growing up, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I was like glued to it. Definitely Magic 106.7 every night going to bed. Nice. Because I, yeah. I was apparently like, you know, 
a six-year-old when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, give me that Chicago. I need some some smooth jams to go to sleep. <laughs> I listened to a lot of Enya as well. Oh, I yes. Go figure. Awesome. Um, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, but I was all, yeah. And, well, of course, and being in Boston, you know, I didn't listen to a ton of sports radio, but I have three brothers and a, and a dad who's really into sports. So they all were pretty glued. There's two sports stations in Boston and uh, they were definitely glued to those stations. I can so. imagine. Yeah. You guys are such good sports fans. Sorry. Just, you just are. Yeah. We, we do it fervently. Yeah. yeah that's good <laughs> we are fervent. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I ended up listening to a ton of radio. And then of course, like, I don't know, it was funny though, because I was, I'm kind of an old soul. So even, even back in high school, you know, I'm listening to like magic 1067 to go to bed. And then during the day, I remember in the morning going to school, I'd be listening to 100.7, which is WZLX, which yeah. is the classic rock radio station of Boston. And I remember like, I call, it was like my 16th birthday and I called into the radio station. Oh my, did you win something? And I was like, no, I didn't win. I was okay. calling in. I was like, it's my birthday. I want to make a request. And I remember the DJ was like, what? How old are you? He was like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 16 today. And he was like, why are you listening to the station? Hilarious. <laughs> like, so I like knew every classic rock song. Like even now I'm nice. a diehard Sinatra fan. Oh yeah. Like I'm just, I feel like like my soul was born in a different time. Yeah. Oh no, I, I, I understand. Like... Yeah, I understand. I wonder if that's an East Coast thing because I feel that way too. I'm from Pittsburgh, so that's interesting that you say that. I uh, often feel like sometimes you feel like you're, I guess, born in a different, the wrong era. You know. Yeah. Well, except I wouldn't have wanted to live in that era. Oh yeah. Really bad. <laughs> not so. Yeah, the good parts so of good. the era. Yeah. The... Not so good. Not so good for the females. You know what I mean? Right. But, um, right. For a lot of people, that's not, for sure. Not, not <laughs> that. Not, not that today is getting any better. But you right. Know, um, Jeez. But yeah. But yeah. Mu musically, yeah. like the fifties, the sixties, seventies. Oh my God! I'm like, <sighs> sigh. Heaven. That's awesome. Good stuff. <laughs> Very cool. But I did. P.S. Though I did win a ton of stuff on the radio. Though oh, I nice. listened to enough radio where I I was like the queen of winning stuff. My nice. friends were like, you've got to be kidding me. You won something else. Like I won so many like CDs and like uh, concert tickets. Nice. Like, I was winning. I was winning all the time. I had the knack. Actually, the first, first thing I ever won. This yeah. is crazy. I'm, so, I'm, eighth, I'm glued. Listen to this. I'm so curious. Eighth, eighth grade. Yeah. I'm in eighth grade and WZLX, I think it was, was giving away tickets to it was Eric Clapton. And uh, yeah. I think it was uh, the Tears in Heaven tour. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they said, caller 12 will win tickets. And I only had one phone in my bedroom. I think I had snuck it in there. I, I don't even remember if it was <laughs> like, legal or not, like if it was allowed. But the only phone I could get my hands on was my grandmother's old rotary dial. I'm not kidding. Rotary oh, dial my. phone. I remember those too. <laughs> I mean, and to dial like a radio station, like a 1-800 or whatever, on a rotary dial phone Brutal. and to win that's awesome on a rotary dial phone was pretty ridiculous yeah, i mean it was it was stupid i mean it was ridiculous to have a rotary dial phone <laughs> even then you know what i mean like it, uh, it didn't make it didn't make any sense to begin with it was like way past the era of rotary dial phones but it was the only one i could get my hands on uh geez that's hilarious so, that's cool though because every time i tried that my goodness hillary i would always yeah. get busy signals or i would be like It'd be like a hundred, you know, the hundredth call. I'd be like one hundred one or no! you know ninety eight. <laughs> well, that was my 
that was my first concert. Nice. nice. I won myself in. So. so here's the thing. Did they give you good seats for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they did. They were like, I don't know. They, they weren't like front row, but they were like, I don't know, maybe pretty 15 good. rows back. Nice. Pretty good. My best friend and I went, my best friend, Aaron and I went and it was, you know, our first time going to a concert at all. And we went by ourselves, of course, because we only had two tickets and that was exciting. Nice. You know, yeah, yeah. being being an eighth grader and being on your own, <laughs> you feel pretty cool. Oh, good times. Yeah. My gosh. I'd have to pick your brain on some of this Boston stuff here towards the end of the uh, program if, if you're able to stick around because there's some, I do have a couple of questions regarding Boston. Oh, yeah. Boston I am happy to gush <laughs> about Boston. Good Boston's, stuff. A, Boston's an amazing city. I'm very, it's a great place to be from. All right. Cool. Now, the point where you realized you could do this thing professionally, when was that specific point? Were you out here for just a little bit of time or was that really before you made that jump? You know, prior to making a jump, were you like, I can do this thing professionally and just Yeah, it? it was it was before I made the jump. It was towards I mean, it took me a long time because you know, when it starts as a hobby, yeah, it's just easy to be like, Oh, whatever, you know, it's just something fun I do on the weekends and it was kind of fun to be involved in all these things. And then I started to realize how much I loved just production in general. So Nice. Before I left Boston, I was actually a producer for this company called Kramer, right, which is right. the biggest production company in New England yeah. with all in-house employees. And they do commercials. Very famously, anyone from Boston will know the Jordan's Furniture commercials, but they do a bunch of like commercials and, and events and all, all this kind of like great marketing stuff. And so I was producing full time for them. And right. I just loved it. I loved being on that end and using that part of my brain. And then I realized Almost every night and almost every weekend, I was doing something with acting. Mm. And then I started to like realize, wow, I'm putting so much time into this acting thing, mostly for free because it's yeah. Boston. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, maybe this is what I should be doing because this is what I look forward to the most. You know, I mean, I love producing and I'm, st I'm still a producer, but I was like, I am investing so much of my spare time, all of it actually, mm, yeah. in this thing that maybe this is what I should be doing. So huh. that kind of, prompted me to finally get the balls really to yeah. move to LA because it was a really scary thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To do that. Hmm. So, yeah. and then, and then once, once I land, and of course, you know, any, any actor I'm sure can relate, like once you land here and start doing it, you know, it, <laughs> it all depends on the day, right? So most days, are, <laughs> most days you're like, you're like, this is the best thing ever. And this is the best decision I ever made. And then occasionally you're like, you're like Oh God. Oh, yep. God, can I do this? Yeah, it beats like, the hell out of you. It's weird. Yeah, it yeah. it is it is weird. So overall, you know, yeah, you stay positive and you remember why you came and 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 all that, and you know, you remember that you are a professional, and that's that. Right. But right. uh, yeah, battling those but, demons that talk to you sometimes, they whisper in your yeah, ears sometimes that they doubt all kinds of things. It's that's an interesting part of the uh, process. Yeah, and I think that's true for you know anyone in in any kind of creative field. Right. Especially, I mean, I'm sure it's true, you know, for other people as well. But like, I think especially with creative stuff, I think that's why it's so fun and so scary. And you know, I think those little demons in your head, yeah. kind of teasing you and prodding you, sort of make you push further. Right. Right. You know what I mean? They they Absolutely. they kind of push you into this uncomfortable place where you kind of have to like then forget about them and yeah. just be like, all right, I'm going to make a total fool out of myself and I'm not going to care. <laughs> right. Right. Also too, I think, you know, to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, I think we invest so much over the 
you know, time period that we're here, there's so much that goes into living in Los Angeles. It's definitely not an easy city to live in at all. And then when you put in that effort, you just don't want to see the fruits of those labor kind of disappear. You don't want to wash those away. It's kind of like a game of musical chairs. And I think whoever's left standing at the end ultimately will uh, see the best opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to fight your way to the, uh, to the surface. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Because <laughs> most of us, most of us are underwater, you know, we have these <laughs> peri- peri- yeah, periods of, you know, coming up for air and breaking through and these, these great little moments that happen and kind of, kind of keep you going. But, and I don't actually, I don't care how successful you are because I have plenty of friends who are quite decorated and, um, you know, very much some of them, you know, even icons yeah. of, of a certain type. And they still have the same, like when I talk to them about their uh, auditions or their process or what they have going on, like their doubts are just the same. Right, right. It's, it's just a different, you know, they're in, a, they're in a different room, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing all the way through. It doesn't matter how many awards you have or how successful, or how many movies you've made. Like, I think everyone has that kind of little, you know, princess in the pea, right. <laughs> sort of Absolutely. like, you know, doubt in the pit of your stomach that kind of keeps you going and, and makes it exciting, but also can be a little scary sometimes. Oh, it's so true. The industry kind of humbles you in that way. No doubt about that. And yeah, you know, like 10 years later, is there anything about this industry that you wish you would have known prior to, you know, really diving in? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think the lesson that I've learned most recently, and I'm, I'm talking like really recent, like in the last, I would say six months to a year specifically, I've really kind of taken this to heart in a way that I hadn't before. And I wish I had done it from the beginning, if that was even possible, Mm -hmm. but I've really stopped caring what people think. All right. On to that. That is a good point. Yeah. Because, you know, you spend so much time asking people for opportunities and jobs and, you know, hustling to make your own content, which I've done and, and just kind of like, just sort of, you can't help it. Like it's, it's so easy to buy into what people tell you, right? Everyone's been here for a long time and they're all trying to help and they all have their own experience and their own advice. But over time you start to go, well, yeah, that's the way that things are done. And of course, you know, you can't skip over this rung on the ladder. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you just start to kind of, you know, acquiesce to all these things that you've been told for all these years in Los Angeles. And then recently I just kind of went, wait a second, why am I listening (laughs) to this? Like, like, you know, I'm a relatively smart person, you know, pretty independent thinker. Uh, And I was like, wait, why am I, what, what am I doing? So I stopped doing that and I started to just not care in the sense that I'm like, you know what? I don't care what people think. Mm. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to like track people down and do it professionally, yeah. obviously not, not be a, a crazy person, but like reach <laughs> out and like, and like, but really be excited and be like, I want to be involved. Like, how can I get involved in your project? I would right. love to be considered like, and I just started reaching out to people directly following up with people like directors and casting directors. It's produced so many more opportunities than I've ever had in close succession. Oh, it's fantastic. So like it actually worked. Right. And I think I think not caring what people think was the key to it. You're saying that helped you like it's a general method too to book jobs too as well? Yeah. The business. Honestly, savvy. honestly, it really did. I mean, I, I always had 
success. Like I, I, I always found my way into great projects, yeah. you know, all along. I was really lucky. I connected with a lot of great filmmakers that were doing really cool things. So it wasn't like I was sitting around and not doing anything before, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to like ramp up <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Like the kinds of things I was being involved in. And I was looking back over the projects I had worked on and I, and I was like, you know, I really want to be involved in more films of this caliber. Right. You know, like when I got to work with John Sayles on Gopher Sisters, that was such an amazing, amazing experience. I'm like, this is yeah. what it's supposed to be like. This is indie filmmaking at its finest. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to seek out those kinds of people and those kinds of projects. And so to do that though, you have to kind of get out of your own way and not be afraid to just be like, hi, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm Hillary and I think you're amazing. And I totally would love to work with you. And some people, and some people, and some people are like, uh, you know, they're like, right. this is not the, this is not the proper channel. And you're like, ah, eh, whatever. But everyone else is, you'd be surprised how open people are, but it's having that, I guess, confidence and just that sort of devil may care kind of think what you want. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> no doubt about that. By the way, I think it's so important. That's such a great point that you just made there to be proactive. Sometimes I think actors in general aren't proactive enough about their careers. And I really think sometimes it just comes down to just reaching out to people and saying, Hey, I want to work with you. Sometimes it's that simple. Please continue. That's just something I want to say. No, I just wanted to add to that because I think it's like the personal touch, right? So, you know, when I, when I was in Boston and I was, I was producing, I, w I was also doing sales for that company, right? So it was like mm -hmm. a hybrid kind of a role. So I spent a couple of years literally being trained in sales. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, when you're in, in that kind of a role, mm -hmm. there was never a case where we would not follow up in some capacity, right? There, you would always right. try to get to somebody, get to a decision maker, right? That right. was always what they told us to do. Mm -hmm. And so after years of, you know, having different agents and managers and submitting on all those casting sites, and I still do, I mean, those sites are there for a reason. I kind of like stepped back and went, wait a second, I'm not reaching the decision makers yeah, or they're, or they're not seeing me because there's 3000 submissions per project, you yeah. know, or even, even per role sometimes. Oh yeah. It's insane. So I'm right. like, it's, it's insane. It's a system that's designed to keep you out yep. and to work against you. Right. So I was like, you know what, this is not how things are done. This is not how I would do things. So I'm, I just started to follow up directly. Everything I submitted for, I would follow up directly oh, if so I could find, if I could find a way, obviously right. I, I would, I didn't, I didn't go too like crazy with it. I would just follow up and say, Hey, you know, in the spirit of hustling, just want to say hi. And I'm interested in being considered and oh my. congrats on your project. Really yeah. simple and straightforward, but, um, that really has worked for me. Oh, I can. Oh, that's something I, I, I love that. I think that's uh, the way to go there. That's you're doing a very smart thing there. I think that's uh, really, really smart. Well, and anyone who tells you differently or tells you, you know, occasionally I'll get a call from a casting director who's upset because I, I emailed a director or something. But what? Be like, yeah, like she's, you know, occasionally it's very rare, but like, and I, I'm kind of like, you know what? I don't, whatever. But my, uh, I have a friend, uh, Chuck, uh, mm -hmm. who's out here in LA. He's also from, from Boston. So <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> also, also a tough cookie, yeah. but, uh, he gave me some great advice late one night over pie. Um, <laughs> what kind of pie? Uh, gosh, what do we get? I have to say, because I like apple I think, pie. I think it was apple pie oh my. At, at Dupar's oh, in Studio me. City. Killing me. So 
so we're, we're talking about this whole phenomenon of, you know, what you can and can't do. And, you know, women, you know, my friend Lisa was talking about women of a certain age getting acting roles and this and that. And I was saying, you know, it's hard because you're always being told this is not the way to do things. And Chuck said to me, he goes, you know what? I think that's all bullshit. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> and he goes, he goes, I really do. And he goes, and I think the next time that someone tells you that's not the way that it's done or not the way that you should do things or, or any variation thereof. He goes, just inside your head, thank them for letting you know what their limitations are. Right. And then just do what you're going to do anyway. I completely agree. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. And I love that advice. From Absolutely. Chuck. Uh, that is great advice. Chuck, if you're listening yes. to this podcast, hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hell yes. Chuck. Hell yes. No doubt about that. Yeah. Even when you hear success stories, I think the boldest actions often lead to the best results. And it's just, there's no method to it. I don't think there's a scripted formula. I think you should do whatever feels right in your gut and whatever you can live with at the end of the day, because, yeah. you know, that's who you've got to answer to at the end of the day. And Chuck's right. People have these preconceived notions about their own fears and failures. And I just think you should go for do what the hell ever you want. You know, and, and yeah. go for it. Be respectful, obviously, but, you know, Clearly. just make it happen. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's so true. And it's so kind of liberating when you look at it that way. Yep. Because you're like, right, of course, because, you know, you've been here for a while, I'm assuming, Max. Yeah. 10 plus years. About 10 years. Right. right. So, so you can't help it. Over 10 years, like, because of how uh, challenging it is. You start, some people are more bitter than others, some are more optimistic than others, but because of, you know, 10 years invested in this thing, the way you try to coach other people, right, is always going to be colored by the things that have happened to you. Absolutely. Even when I sit down with people, you know, friends of friends or uh, who show up here and say, can I, you know, pick your brain? I always kind of tell them that story. And then right after I'm like, and by the way, like, like, don't listen to me. Right. Like, right, right. if any That's... anything comes out that I say that sounds like biased, <laughs> or like if I start to kind of slip into that, like don't even listen to me. Like, know that it's it's really hard not to kind of put that spin on things when you know yeah. people are asking for your help. But yeah. So oh I think my. that's been a, a game changer um, for me. Plus, you don't want to have regrets. Like, I don't ever want to be in a position because I don't have a plan B. You know, there's there's only plan A. Yeah. And I'm sure you feel the same way. It's like, you know, you don't want to ever want to be reflecting in some diner somewhere and this depressed and think, well, I didn't try this or I didn't try that. You know, you know, that's, that's not the way I don't know. Personally, that's not the way I ever want to live. So uh, I'm sure you feel the same way. Like there's no plan B like you just got to make it happen. Well, yeah, I, I knew <laughs> exactly. I knew when I left Boston that if I stayed any longer, I would start to resent the fact that I was still there. Right. Me too. I was in Pittsburgh. I just, right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And you just have, and I think, you know, I have, you know, lots of friends who still live in Boston and, and love it Yeah. and just love and love their city. And they're doing mm -hmm. amazing things for the city and for the town and, and everything. And, and they love it. The difference is I had a thought like, maybe I don't belong here. Like maybe there's somewhere else that is 
a better fit for me. And the difference is they never had that thought because they, they were like, this place is, is my home. My family's here. Everything's here. Everything I need is here. And they are so happy. And I just knew if I stayed, there was no way I could have their happiness. The only way to have their happiness and the family and the whole thing and the career was to leave. Right. Me too. I, I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, Everybody's wired differently. I, I completely get where you're coming from with that. And I'm sure there's people who listen to this podcast that are probably in that dilemma right now mentally too as well. And um, shit, go for it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I know it's so, it's, I just met, it's funny. I just met with someone. I went to high school with her. She was a couple uh, years behind me. I think she was in my brother's grade and she, she was out in LA kind of scouting it out and she was thinking about making a move back she lived here like years ago but then like you know did the sensible thing and went home and she said the longer that she stayed back on the east coast the more she's realizing like how much like her kind of heart and soul want to be here right Right. she's a writer It was just interesting to talk to her and be like, I remember that was me 10 years ago, kind of feeling like if I stay here any longer, I'm going to start to resent the fact that I'm here and not going after the thing that I really want to be doing. So as hard as it is out here, at least I can be like, well, you know, I'm going after it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Good, good point. No regrets. No regrets there for me. Love that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a character or a role that you've not had the opportunity to play that you kind of want to play? Um, man, I've been lucky in the sense that like, I've really played some stuff like across yeah. the board. Right. I think I get this question a lot. I hate, I really hate this question. I hate, <laughs> I hate no, no, not you, not your question. The question I'm about to pose yeah. because people always ask you out here, especially, you know, casting directors and people in the industry they're like well are you more comedy or drama oh god i like, even hate which, that listening which one which one are you and i'm like goodness, i'm like goodness. why does why, why do you have to pick in? yeah why do you have to pick why can't i mean there's truth in both why can't you be both yeah so yeah so i've been playing all kinds of characters over the last just in the last year from, you know, kind of like the nosy neighbor to the <laughs> over the top hostess to right. literally like, uh, evil, yep. completely evil, maybe yeah. not of this world <laughs> kind of thing to like, <laughs> just like a, a completely inept bad guy. Yeah. So I've been all over the map. So in terms of like what I, what I really want to play, I mean, I don't know about like specifics, but in general, I'm really drawn to powerful female characters who have you know intelligence and thrive and a sense of independence like you know kind of like jessica chastain type characters she always Mm -hmm. plays you Mm -hmm. know these like kind of powerhouse women i love you know like meaty roles like that with that are really well written right that really make a statement i mean in general as a producer and as an actor yeah. I'm really drawn to anything like projects that basically put a middle finger to somebody. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how, like, that's sort of my litmus test like, yeah. for projects that I really want to be a part of, because, you know, if you're going to do it, like say something, like make a statement and yeah. like make a big statement. And I, I don't mean like in a crude way, you know, uh, but you know, uh, in today's political climate, for example, right. it's just, you know, if you're going to make art, then, you know, make a statement about something that's happening in the world. Like I, I like these sort of female driven 
roles because they, you know, put a middle finger to an old way of thinking. I have a question for you, though, because is, you know, your desire to play those types of characters because you feel that that voice has been somewhat, I would say, suppressed previously in film and cinema? Yeah, you know, Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, I definitely have seen it done enough times not well <laughs> yeah absolutely where you know female characters are kind of two-dimensional and and don't have a heck of a lot going on and basically yeah. they're only like redeeming character traits or whatever they have in relation to the male character because typically those stories were written by males and directed yeah. by men yeah and which, come and from a male I know, perspective I, I know plenty of I right. know plenty of men making amazing stuff for women but uh, right, right. There's, there's there's enough of it out there that that aren't doing that yeah. that it's really frustrating yeah. so I feel like I, I like to empower, I mean, just women in general. I like to help other women as much as I can. Like, I just think that's really the way to go. And I, mean, I know we're going to get more into this later, but right. projects like the ice cream truck, for example, which is coming out is great because it's a female writer and director. Mm-hmm. Her name is Megan Friels Johnston. She's the um, granddaughter of Elmore Leonard, right, who right. Cr- created Justified and is a pretty storied Hollywood screenwriter. But I... I was so drawn to it because she basically was putting, you know, a middle finger to that way of thinking a female driven story. And it's a horror film and almost no women, very few women are doing horror. Yeah, that's true. That's um, so true. And, and, and genre stuff. So I really like applaud and appreciate her chutzpah you right, know, right. and her kind of attitude to, to, to take that and put it on screen and to do it well. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, yes, give me more of that. Like, okay, that's what okay. I that's what I Good. like. Good, because I always want to know that because I know there's a lot of filmmakers that listen to this podcast and obviously casting all the time. So I um, yes. you know, kind of like to get a feel for that because you know, there might be a role that uh, that uh, they might say, hey, let me let me reach out to her and see if she's interested. So it's good hearing your yeah. perspective of that. That's very, very cool. Yeah. By the way, do you plan to do more writing yourself? I do actually. I, you know, I started kind of writing as a way to just create more things for myself. Yeah. And I haven't done too much of it yet. I'm still a little bit of a novice. Oh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, I think everyone's but, a novice. Even the experts are novices when it comes to writing. Writing is unique like that. But please continue. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I, I completely. I mean, well, I've always been a writer, just period. I mean, yeah. I've, I've always I've always been English, you know, was always my thing. I was an English major. I've been an essay writer. I've pu- been published in places. Yeah. I've always on the side. I've always worked as a copywriter. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like, you know, and I still I still do occasionally if there's an interesting project, I'll you know pick up things here and there. But like, oh, nice. uh, mm-hmm. g- generally speaking, though, the screenwriting part of it is new. And so I started, you know, doing shorts and, you know, writing kind of commercials and that kind of stuff. But I'm just starting to get pushed by friends into TV writing, oh, cool. screenwriting. So I'm, I'm yeah. starting to explore that a little bit and thinking about how to put some of my stories together okay. into a entertaining, <laughs> right, right. entertaining thing. But yeah, that's, that's the next thing for me, I think. I, Cause I, you know, I, um, I think for actors, the time of being an actor for hire, I think, is rapidly going away. I agree. I see that trend. I think the power is behind the camera. I mean, I will, I would, I will always love to play both sides of the camera. Right. I like to use both sides of my brain. But I think if you have a brain, <laughs> then you should use it. 
So I think actors need to be thinking that way. And I know what everyone says, like, make your own content. And sometimes it gets so frustrating just to keep hearing that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, God, I've done it. Come on. But I think you still have to think about other things you can be doing and ways you can be contributing because you're not always going to get the role necessarily because you're an actor. Sometimes you get it because you also wrote it. Sometimes you get it because somebody, you know, needs a producer. Sometimes there there are other ways to get it that don't diminish from your ability or your talent. It's just nice to have some other, you know, tools in the toolbox. That's such a great point. Now, what's been the most difficult part of your journey and what's been the most rewarding thus far? Obviously that journey is ongoing, but so far, what has been most difficult and most rewarding parts? I think the most difficult is sort of getting humbled Yeah. because, you know, we all come from, most of us come from smaller markets, you know, where you're kind of a big fish in a small pond in a sense, and you've kind of established yourself and you come out here and you're like, oh, it's going to be hard. I know. But, you know, in, in a couple of years, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be here. I'm going to be, I'm going to have this like big agent and be on T like you have all these like ideas about how it works without yeah. having any idea about how it works. I think that was the hardest thing for gotcha. me is to get, you know, to eat that slice of humble pie and be like, right. Oh, it takes a little longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Right, Although right. They, they say all success is overnight success, but it's like overnight, like yeah, 10, 10, 20 years, years in yeah, the making. 10, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. But yeah, so I think that was a challenge for me is okay. just kind of, like taking a step back and being like, oh, okay, yeah. right. <laughs> I really, and you, and you have to always like recommit to it. That's so true. Good point. It's not like you, it's not like you move and you leave it behind and then you're like, that's it. Like almost every year, it's like almost like an annual thing. Like you have yeah. to kind of recommit, you have to like recommit to quote unquote moving in your head all over again. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So right. what about rewarding? Well, rewarding has been, I mean, if I look back on the last 10 years, I haven't had a job in 10 years. Wow. That to me is rewarding because I was in corporate America and I did that whole grind and that whole like, you know, nine to really seven or eight. most nights. right. Especially out here. And even later. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I, I, I think rewarding is that I I came on here to do it and I feel like I'm doing it like on my own terms. Like I, you know, I've, been completely free. I've been free to accept whatever products I want. I've been free to continue to travel places. I feel like the reward is that I've actually created this this life that I that I wanted. Oh, salute! And of course, there are always more things to want. You know, do I? You know, do I want to be involved in? You know bigger and better films. Absolutely. You know, know, like you always, there's always something to strive to. Like we, you know, like I said before, no matter how decorated you are, you never really get where you're going. But I think the reward is when I kind of look around and go, huh, this is what I kind of said I wanted. And I actually created it. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Now Mm -hmm. we are an indie film show. So I have to ask you before we go to our break here is what kind of movies do you like? to watch and or are there any tv shows or a series that you're watching right now on television or netflix you know, what's on your screen yeah well i mean i did just spend the last few weeks watching like every movie known to man oh my <laughs> basically i mean uh, well nice. yeah because you know screening season and yeah. all so yeah i love again those those stories that are powerful and different and, and, tr- and kind of 
try to change the status quo through art. So something like Moonlight yeah, was excellent. amazing. Right. Yeah, excellent. Like that that kind of stuff is is what I'm totally drawn to. Cool. I I did because I I'm kind of like, you know, a rom-com like that's sort of my deal. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. I did love um La La Land, which I know I some people are yet. mixed. Okay. Some people are mixed about it. It's I feel like people either kind of hate it or love it. I just thought I don't know. I was like, I was taken, I was swept away by it. If I loved... wasn't in it, would you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I would. I would. But I just, I mean, I've, I've always been a sucker for a rom-com, like whether it's, whether it's even good or not. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, I just yeah. like, I'm, There's just, some... I'm just a hopeless romantic. Yeah. And those are nice to watch. I think those stories always, they're hard to find sometimes, hard to find really good ones because mm-hmm. so many of them have been redone over and over again but they always make for good stories so yeah there's yeah it's good but yeah I'm, and then t- you know television wise i just finished binging the crown a oh, few nice. days ago how did you like it oh it was phenomenal yeah I've heard oh my god say that. nice cool john lithgow man jeez yeah like the acting in that was just superb it was yeah. amazing and yeah. I'm, I'm drawn to that kind of stuff but then on the other hand like you know oh and this is us that's the other one i'm like oh yeah yeah I'm curious. Gaga over right now. Oh okay. my God. That thing is so, it's so well written. It's yeah. so well executed. The acting is great. The stories are beautiful. Like, uh, yeah. Me. I got to watch so, these. Man. I know, but there's so many amazing things happening, like in television, yeah. in indie film right now. Like, it's so exciting to to be able to even be part of it in any way. <laughs> right, right. So true. It's fantastic. And it's lovely, you know, being here as long as I have and, really connecting with people and i'm really proud of like all of the my friends that are doing things in the in the indie world and really making waves it's just wonderful to see so oh, yeah right good stuff my goodness mm-hmm. now before we go to our break because you've been so generous here i want to ask you one more question now in your opinion what qualities does a good actor possess <laughs> i would say a good actor is an observer of people first and foremost is curious curious about people's stories curious about the human story just curious about what other people are experiencing whether right in front of them you know on the street or in you know the friend their friends or even just paying attention to what's going on out in the world i think i think that the best actors are curious about what's happening around them and i also think that my favorite actors are really uh, smart. They have a reason behind the projects that they choose mm-hmm. and the stories that they tell. Yeah. Purpose, right? A purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think they're also just willing to be um, open. Oh yeah. Giving the giving generally in the world, being open to the, you know, the world. And then I think that that spills over yeah. to, you know, trying to recreate something on a set. I think you just have to kind of be open to things, to whatever. Fantastic. Well, Miss, I think this is a wonderful place here to take a short break and give you a chance to reset. Obviously, my goodness, you've been uh, really, really <laughs> inspiring here. And um, I love talking about this stuff. Max. Oh, my goodness. It's good stuff, isn't it's, it? It's so fun to talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Well, yeah, we'll give you a chance to reset. We'll give our listeners a chance to reset because I do want to discuss some of your recent work here when we return from our break. How does that sound to you? Fantastic. Great. Well, we're going to take a short break here, folks, and then we'll be back with more 
of Hillary Barriford. My gosh, what a great discussion this is after this <laughs> break. So do not go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. Cinema After Dark podcast. We are continuing. Wow, quite a wonderful discussion here with Miss Hillary Barriford. And my God, what a great discussion again this has been. And she's so kindly discussed her journey into the industry, some of the ups, some of the downs, some of the smiles, some of the frowns. My gosh, <laughs> I didn't think I could rhyme like that, by the way. That's actually that was good. Oh, sorry, was that by, the, <laughs> by the way, did you put on Frank Sinatra on the break just for me? Oh, yes, of course. You know, I had to. <laughs> I was like rocking out. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I'm glad. I did. Good. I did. Good I was stuff. like, well done, Max. Well done. <laughs> ah, good stuff. But yeah, I'm so excited to continue this discussion because you have been doing some really wonderful work here. It's been a very busy 2017 to say the least. And 2016 was very busy. Uh, too yes. as well. You've just been busy, busy, busy. Yeah, let's talk about some of these projects that you've been working on. Particularly, let's talk about Riley to start the series. Yes. My goodness, Riley the series. Riley the series actually is premiering today. Yes. As a matter of fact, so talk about like you know hot off the press. Like this is as as hot as it gets. Um, I love that <laughs> exclusive. Uh, yeah, it's an exclusive. <laughs> so yeah, that is premiering today, and I am the most excited about Riley because like this is the comedy series uh, created by my friend, Jen Citrone. Right. And it's so awesome because it actually encapsulates a lot of the stuff and the themes that we've been talking about Yeah. over the last hour or so. Right. So right. it's, it's basically about two former teen pop stars yeah. that have this really embarrassing kind of Millie Vanilli esque episode you know kind of <laughs> the Mar the mariah carey new year's eve fail <laughs> so, like al along those lines and 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 you know they eventually like the, the group splits up and they kind of go back to quote-unquote regular life and now you know they're 30 and working a dead-end job and yeah. trying to navigate life and kind of trying to figure out if that greatness is still in them if they can actually you know succeed again Love but it's, this fear of failure is kind of hanging over both of them but particularly uh riley who's jen and yeah. i plays i play sam who's her best friend sam mccarthy sam mccarthy who's her best friend and former <laughs> her <laughs> part partner in pop crime right. but uh yeah so it's i really love it because it's it's really funny the writer tracy may did a wonderful job creating this world and creating these characters the cast is rad i was so yeah. thrilled to work with these guys seriously like it, you know we, it's a tremendously funny ensemble cast that all work really well together so i'm super excited and that that literally the pilot will premiere tonight tonight yeah at, at some point tonight they're gonna oh be posting the, the video yeah so i saw the trailer it's funny yeah yeah it's like <laughs> it's quirky and and funny but it, it has a lot of heart too yeah. which 
really drew me to it. Right. I love I love comedy that actually has a, a message and has heart and isn't just. I mean, a little bit of fluff is fine once in a while, but the stuff that I write and I'm drawn to right. is always things like this that actually kind of hopefully you know inspire people. Oh, I love that to yeah take a leap. Right, you know? right. Now Jeffrey Scott Barsham's the uh, director on it. Yes, and he actually it's great. And this is he's an actor as well. Yeah. So he was awesome. He knew exactly what he wanted. He was so great to work with because, you know, him being an actor as well, he was so good at just cutting right to the chase and being able to tell us what he wanted to see and how he wanted the comedy play out. So oh, cool. he's incredible. He did absolutely phenomenal job with this thing. So we have, yeah, Fantastic. pilots out, out tonight. And then there's a couple more episodes coming behind it. And it's just, it's super fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds exciting. So how much yeah. of it did you shoot? Have you shot just the pilot so far? Where are they in the you know the production process? And do you have we, any buzz on that yet? Yeah. Well, we shot three episodes. Ooh, nice. So there's, th there's three episodes coming, but yeah. the entire series is written and developed and basically ready to go. Right. So the thinking is, you know, Jen put it into motion on her own, which is incredible. I applaud her for pulling it all together. Yeah, and uh, the thinking is that, you know, we'll do three episodes independently. And then, you know, hopefully we can connect with people and get, you know, sort of get the, the quote unquote back nine made. I, so. I can see that happening. There's something about this that feels very TV friendly, I'll just say. It really, yes. it's cool. It's, it looks really cool. And I've just obviously just seen you know the trailer, but I, there's something about this, the acting, the way it's shot, the, I think that. The story, it's its going to resonate with some folks. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's really well put together. It's well shot. Nick Ramsey was our DP. He rocked yeah. it out. And, you know, Jen is really smart and, and savvy. And uh, Jen and I both have a background in, in marketing. Oh, Actually, wow. we, nice. we, we met many moons ago at Lucky Brand, of all yeah. places. Wow. Where she was random. a marketing manager. Yeah, very random. She was a, well, she, I'm talking about corporate headquarters. I'm not talking about the stores. Yeah. She was a marketing manager and I was a freelance copywriter for them oh, wow. at one time. So Jen is very, very savvy and, and knows, you know, because everyone makes content, you know, because everyone's telling you, make your own things, make content, make a web series. But it's really hard to make content that then gets seen. Right. And, make and, good content. and that it has to be good content, has to be professionally done. And you have to know how to get in front of people. And I think Jen and the team at Riley has done a phenomenal job of promoting and, and building an audience. And, you know, they have the, the skills to be able to actually get it out there. Right. Now, where can folks see that first episode? Yes, it's going to be um, up on their YouTube page. So it's yeah. youtube.com slash Riley the series. Oh my. Fantastic. And there's also rileytheseries.com is the, is yeah, the, the website. website. Right, mm -hmm. right. Good stuff. Well, goodness. I'm so curious to see what happens with that. I think I'm going to be tuning into that too. It just looks really, really cool. Yeah. I'm excited about that. For the next few hours, you can uh, they can check out the trailer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <good laughs> which stuff. is which is live now, and that pilot's going to be live any minute. Right. So. Right. 
Oh my, are you excited? I like, I'm, we put so much work into this and, yeah. and it was such a fun time, like working with these people and shooting with them. Like we had a blast on set. So I think when you have fun actually doing it, like, I think it comes out well, it, right. it, it shows, like it shows that if you're having fun. So I'm like thrilled to be able to share it and uh, see it. And I just, I'm, I'm really proud of all the work that we did. Oh, fantastic. By the way, Justin, Zavella, I'm going to have him on this podcast soon too. So it'll be interesting. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's super I cool. love, 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 love Justin. Yeah, he's he like, cool is dude. rat. He, he was so much fun. Awesome. Uh, he also is. He also is from Boston. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Cool. Okay. But yeah, uh, he was so awesome. Yeah. And we've really, yeah, we've really become friends since shooting that. And uh, yeah, he's great. Right. I'm really happy. He's going to be a fantastic guest for you. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to yeah. that. That'd be a good chat. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Get ready. Nice. He's like a ball of energy. He's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so funny. Oh my God. He's so funny in the pilot. Nice. episode of riley he just like <laughs> he kills me every time <laughs> nice oh uh, goodness so folks yeah. check out this pilot obviously if you're listening to this podcast it's one that you can check out online so make sure you do that and gosh let's talk about the ice cream truck you did speak about yes. it a little bit in the first half and obviously how wonderful it was working with megan on this now mm-hmm what was the whole experience like for you? Can you kind of dive back into it? Because you played Jessica in the film. I did. Yeah. You know, it's it's been interesting, the whole evolution of it, because Megan and I met uh, was around a year and a half ago when she premiered her first film, Rebound, yeah. which got some attention in the uh, in the horror world because of a particularly ballsy ending, nice. surprise ending. And so I kind of came into this because Megan and I sat down, we're talking about, you know, being, you know, female filmmakers and this and that. And she's like, you know, I just kind of want to make this thing and just do it however I can do it and just get it out there. And I would, you know, love some help. So we ended up teaming up on the production side as well. Oh, sweet. As acting in it. So I pulled in some resources and we worked together through pre-production. I'm an executive producer on it. And then, um, cool. Yeah. And then to come on and and get to play the Jessica character was so much fun because this is really the first horror film I've done or at least done in a while. And it was so much fun. Like now (laughs) I want to do now I want to do so many more horror films. Yeah. I I never was a huge, huge horror fan. And I kind of was like, I don't know if I want to do that. But like I said, her script was so smart. Yeah. And so subversive <laughs> cool cool it's right up my alley too i i just love the fact that it's you know it's got that whole ice cream truck that's cool because i remember that creepy ice cream truck that would come by yeah. you hear that little jingle and then uh, right that's, yeah exactly that's a cool uh, way to uh, approach a, a horror film yeah well it's kind of it's kind of campy and it's oh, fun nice. and it has that kind of a throwback vibe to it God. it doesn't take itself too seriously but if you're really paying attention there's a lot of serious things going on nice. but on the surface it's kind of like you know that kind of fun campy horror film and i loved working with deanna russo who mm, stars yeah. stars in it she did a incredible job wow. and emil emil johnson who plays the ice cream man yeah. who actually lives in norway oh really he's he's norwegian yeah uh, reasons are fantastic when it comes to cinema i always hear there's a lot of good fellowship there especially yeah, amongst he, the creatives he was i mean he's just got a stillness that is so creepy and then i also got to work with my friends who i i brought on on board lisa ann walter nice. who 
has been in so many movies yeah. over the years. She's just a super talent, hilarious. Right. And my friend John Rudlinger also stars in it. So oh my, it was it was an incredible experience. It was so fun to work with Megan and the team. We had a blast shooting it. We shot it in June in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Shot in Los and Angeles too. Oh, nice. Yeah, killing me. And killing me. I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, it's Love coming that. out. I think, I believe this summer. Okay, great. I don't, I don't have a specific date yet, but there's a teaser yeah. online and there's a full trailer coming very soon. Mm. And we're really, you know, we're, we're locked. The, the film is done. We're just kind of, you know, figuring out the plan for how to get it out to the world. But oh, nice. I think it's that. a good one. Ooh, good it's, a re- it's a really good one. It sort of answers the question, you know. You know, The Shining was kind of like, you know, Jack Nicholson being kind of isolated and yeah. going a little, mm-hmm. little cuckoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this film sort of poses the question, you know, we've seen that from the, like a guy's point of view, but what happens if you take a woman and kind of drop her into a house by herself oh, in, in, in suburbia, you know, yeah. like what, what, what does that look like? How does, how does that play out? So Ooh, that's, folks, folks yeah. gotta definitely keep that on the radar. Yeah. It's about a lot more than just an ice cream truck Yeah, and there's a lot going on. So oh, my. if you like psychological, you know, horror, yeah. this is, Definitely, definitely up your alley. Ooh, that's that's up my alley right there. That's <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to that. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, my goodness, it's, ex- it's super exciting. Wow. You know how long did that take to shoot? Probably more of a question for um, the you know director, but uh, kind of well, it was it, it was it was super short because you know we didn't have uh, a huge budget. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had to kind of work with what we had. And I don't remember the exact number of days off the top of my head, but I want to say 15. Okay, good. Yeah, nice. Um, nice. Somewhere somewhere in there. And I, as an actor, I think I spent four or five oh, days sh- shooting it. But yeah, it was, it was really kind of like run and gun and real this real indie spirit kind of a thing. And yeah. everyone pulled, pulled together and the cast and crew were great. Megan really um, insisted upon hiring people that were fun to work yeah. with and anyone that kind of came on set and proved to be kind of a diva didn't last very long right and i think i think that's kind of the key to doing something in a truly indie sense like absolutely. you really gotta dig the people that you're working with oh absolutely um, no, no yeah. room for divas no way. no there is no room for divas yeah, not, not at all Great. so yeah that was that was a blast and uh that ice cream truck that's in all of the posters and you see everywhere yeah. that thing I still don't know quite how she pulled it off, but uh, <laughs> that Megan had that custom made for us. Nice. My so like God. that was, and to do that with, you know, a low budget is really kind of a wonder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had these guys called Laguna Vintage um, <laughs> down, down in, down in uh, Orange County. <laughs> nice. And they, do, this is all they do. They make these amazing vintage ice cream trucks and they, they basically created it. Oh, cool. Spec huh. for short money yeah just nice. just to be in, just to be involved just because they liked indie films so there's still even though we live in los angeles and everyone here is kind of like a nerd to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like help helping out indie filmmakers everyone's like got their hand out but like there's still people around who are excited to just be involved in something creative and these guys like really knocked it out of the park and i think that truck really helps bring the production value of the whole thing yeah. you know wicked huh? cool Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so curious about that. Oh, that'll be a good, yep. another good watch there. Now you've got a couple other additional projects on the way. Mr. 
real estate, a, a comedy short where you play Carol. Are you filming that now? Yeah, that, that's all wrapped up. Nice. We, we, we finished that up um, a little while ago, and now it's in post-production. Cool. And uh, that one is super, <laughs> it's just really over the top. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, if I had to describe that one in one word, I would say unafraid. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, nice. You like uh, those comedic roles, don't you? Those I, I really do, and I yeah. like the ones that that really go there. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not afraid to go there. Me too. That's the best, type. That's the best type of comedy. I'm, I like that. I, I hate when the film hesitates with anything. It's gotta be, you gotta go all in with horror. I mean, with um, comedy, I'm sorry. It's just well, with both. It, yeah. With both. Yeah. I'm so used to saying that about horror that I, um, Freudian slip there, but yeah, I, I do. I, I think, you know, horror comedy, those are just genres that you gotta dive completely and on and um well yeah this that that particular short we all dove in pretty deep because <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah all the cast that's gonna be a very cool. <laughs> I, I i can't i can't wait to see it just because i can't wait to see how audiences respond <laughs> to it because i have a feeling it might be polarizing like in the best possible way nice like nice. you know what i mean like i i feel like if you're not you know a little bit offended like filmmakers aren't doing their job so <laughs> i agree i agree you know just Absolutely. a little, little bit just a, just a little bit <laughs> oh no yeah, that's so true that's so so yeah true. yeah exactly you got a movie called sarah that's in pre-production oh yeah that one we haven't yeah i haven't even been on set for that one yet so okay. that one's sh- shooting soon huh? i think in february but okay. that's a very cool feature film basically about an angel Mm. who ends up on earth in the middle of this, you know, crazy, like crazy scheme to yeah. take over the world sort of thing. Okay. So, okay. yeah. So you play a flight attendant, right? Yes. Oh, cool. Yes. And, uh, That'd be kind of fun. On, on, on a very interesting flight. Oh, that had to be fun. That. Oh, cool. Yeah. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the way we talk, you know, we talked about that just a little bit off air. Would you mind uh, kind of bringing our listeners up to speed on that particular project? Yes. Yeah, so I'm not sure ex- exactly how much I can say about it because yeah. a lot of it hasn't been released yet or, right. or made public. But right. the way we Jenny, talk, right? Yeah, the way yeah. we talk is a is a we're calling it a divorce dramedy, right? Ah. So the, the the premise of the film is all of these friends come together who've known each other forever. And they go up to like the lake house for the weekend, mm-hmm. kind of like the, the big chill or something like that. Yeah. But the, the thing that gets them up there is that two of them, you know, are getting divorced and they're throwing themselves this divorce party for all of their friends. Uh, it's like one last hurrah, you know, this, okay. this, this divorce party idea is sort of becoming more, I wouldn't say common, but we're starting to see it a little bit more. Yeah, we are. So it's it's really cool that film and I love the spirit of it because it's this great ensemble piece. It's super funny. It has so much heart. It's written by my friend Matthew, Matthew Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Yep, who's right. such a good writer. I'd always wanted to do one of those films, like one of those big chill-esque films. I'm yeah. like, why do I never get to do that? And then <laughs> Matt called me one day and was like, I wrote you a role. Nice. In this big chill kind of esque <laughs> film. And I was like, Yes. Love yes. That. Yeah. So exciting. And we shot in Chicago, I oh, think cool. it was two years ago. But 
Matt actually is super inspiring for all the indie people listening out there because Matt was here in LA for a long time and he was doing comedy and he actually had a podcast, mm. uh, still does, oh, the cool. Matthew Aaron show and oh, cool. uh, and had a lot of success out here yeah. with writing and, and, and sold a couple of things and sold some scripts. And then he kind of moved home to Chicago. His family's all there, you know, yeah. he has uh, a, a nephew that he wanted to be around. So he moves home, yeah. but he says, you know what? I'm not going to just go home and stop. I'm going to go home and continue. So he right. set out to make a movie a year wow, on nice. like a, to take his, you know, earnings from selling this script yeah. and basically make a movie a year. And you know what? He did it. He has three feature films oh my. in the can and he, he did it. And I think that's talk about like inspiration for an indie oh, yeah. community. Like that's fantastic. Yeah. Mind boggling. And, and also, Matthew, uh, congratulations to your Cubs. <laughs> I <had> to say <laughs> that. <laughs> and, oh, my God, that lucky bastard. He shot a film over the summer called Landline. Yeah. With yeah. some phenomenal, some phenomenal talent in that film. And again, I don't know how these people pull these things off, but he actually shot at Wrigley. What? God, that would be fantastic. He oh, shot at Wrigley. Here, the Cubs won the series. Oh, my goodness. Are you goodness. kidding me? Oh, Are you kidding me? Jeez. So, doesn't get any better than that. It does not get any better than that. Wow. So, yeah, talk about it's kind of like a Cinderella story or something. Right, but, yeah. Right. The universe works so, yeah. in mysterious ways. Yeah. So, the way we talk, I, I don't have any details, but. Yeah. Soon. We'll I say. think soon. I, I'm okay. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to place it summer okay. 2017, okay. but I don't, I don't know for sure. That's a really good one. That's, that's fascinating. All right. Well, shout out to Matthew Aaron out there. My God, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You can tell him his, his Cubs, if he's listening to this, Cubs got to stop beating up on my pirates, you know, but that's another story. I'll save that for, <laughs> I might have to bring him on and talk to him about that chewy zero. Oh, about that. I'm sure he would love that. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. He doesn't like to lose, though. By okay, the way. okay, so I understand. He's, you know, okay. he's. he's... <laughs> okay, I understand. I understand. Although the cup, well, I won't even go there. I'll save that for him. <laughs> yeah, save it. I got to dig in on him. one of the Cubs. But yeah, that's really, really cool stuff. There's a lot of great things you have. Gosh, in motion here, and what an exciting start to 2017. Jeez. Yeah, it's an exciting start, and it's you know, it's it's just getting going. And yeah. There's a bunch of projects on the horizon that are in various stages of pre-production and fundraising and all that. So I'm like, I can't wait to like dive into this year and just right. get going. Anything else next for you? Anything else that you want to share? Yeah. There's a, a film called the after party. Which okay. is funny because you, yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned after party earlier. Oh yeah. I laughed because of that. <laughs> so the after party is something I just was cast in and I'm super excited about it because it's a short film mm -hmm. and it's twilight zone inspired. Okay. So it's going to have that total feel that, you know, Rod Serling kind of a feel. And nice. it's, I'm like, I love the Twilight Zone. So I'm yeah, just thrilled too. to be a part of this thing. And it's a wonderful project. The writing is amazing. Nice. It's going to be fantastic. And they're just about to launch. They're doing a campaign on Seed and Spark, which is, okay. I think, a great place because it's a female-driven short, a lot of right. strong female characters, and it has a very strong message of anti-addiction, ah, which I, I think is important. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the writer, Colin Costello, is also directing. It's his directorial debut, but he's a very successful writer, Yeah, has been, you know, been working in Hollywood forever and 
I love his writing. So I'm so excited about the after party. Oh, I can't my. wait. Ooh, we're nice. shooting. We're shooting in March. Ooh, we're shooting good, in March. Good, good. And I can't wait. Fun time can't to wait. shoot too. Mm, nice. Okay. So that's okay. exciting. And then there's also a, a short coming up called a VW that I'm super yeah. excited about. Right. Okay. That it hasn't come out yet. I can't give too much away because it's a horror film. And, and oh, okay. okay. Uh, and there's you know important twists. But uh, the writer director uh, Joe Price was amazing to work with, and right. they have some pretty sick special effects in there. Oh, um, nice. I get to have a very very cool death. Oh, very cool. So okay, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so these are all these are all things that I'm like very much looking forward to, and yeah. uh, I can't wait. <laughs> wow that's all i can say about that is wow my mm-hmm. goodness it's kind of cool to uh hear all these wonderful things in motion and jeez <laughs> getting me fired up over here yeah me fired up now here's the thing i've got to do something here to you and i'm just gonna warn you and um, i'm really actually excited about doing this to you since you're from boston but it's something that i do to all of my guests and I need to know if you are open for it, ready for it, and prepared to hate me afterwards. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, I got to be open for it. That's wow. what I said earlier. I, I can't go back on my own advice, right? Interesting. So you're just ready to go. You're not even going to think this over a little bit. No. Really? You're just... No. I'm going to give you a second. I'm just going to give you a second. I'm going to give our <laughs> listeners a second to just kind of... Let's give you a second here and i know you know you like to dive in and i get it i understand but <laughs> this might be something that you might want to think about or reconsider so i'm gonna ask you one more time are Ooh. you ready for what i'm going to do right now i just have to know Max. my goodness okay well <laughs> This is a part of the show. <laughs> oh, gosh. Where I ask our guests to share a fun fact about themselves. Now, Hillary, this can't be just any old fun fact, okay? Okay. You've got to share something that people don't know about you. And I know this music is cheesy, but I love to put people in the spotlight. <laughs> and okay. the floor is yours. A fun fact. Something that people don't know know about you oh wow okay i am on the spot now <laughs> um something they don't know about me yeah hmm a lot of people know a lot of things about me because i'm kind of an <laughs> open book by the way most people know just about everything there is to know about me <laughs> yeah uh It can be anything. Uh-huh. I, I mean, maybe something silly okay. that people don't that people don't know about me is that uh, my my go to dance move always <laughs> is the the Roger Rabbit. Oh my! <laughs> and I will do it anywhere. I was just gonna ask and you that. Where, so, where was the last place you actually did that? Well, I, I did it on <laughs> on on set of the ice cream truck at four in the morning oh my goodness with with deanna russo she and i side by side roger rabbited oh my who was better um, who was better though 
uh, I was too giddy to hold it together. There's a video. There's a video. It's on. It's. I think it's on my Twitter page. Oh my! Uh, I've got to yeah, see that. Yeah, I I couldn't hold my my stuff together, but um, it's gold. But I will do that dance uh, in any stage of drunkenness, <laughs> and I will do it uh, proudly, especially especially if uh, Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison comes on. That is like oh I'm, I'm actually like I'm actually obligated to do it. I, I have to break out into it, even if I'm wearing crazy heels. Like I will do it. I once did it in Boston in front of a bunch of New England Patriots. Nice, nice. So, and I try. I try to work it in to every everything I do. If I can work oh, it in, geez. I do. So if if you remember, actually, in the trailer yeah. for Riley the series, yeah. I am doing the Roger Rabbit yeah. in in the trailer. Yep, yep. I was so, I was going to mention that next, but I didn't want yep. to give it away. I'm glad that you did yep. because yeah, you've got skills. I, I'd, I'd say you've got skills. Yep. So <laughs> that's that's my thing. And I, I where does that come I, from? It was just random. That's so random. It's so random. I know. It's so stupid. I, I think it just comes from. I love that. Uh, I don't know. Going to dances in middle school and high school and just feeling like super awkward. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like my crutch. You know, like I, I can just like when in doubt, you know, everyone loves a good. Everyone loves a good uh, Roger Rabbit. I remember yeah. I, like I've been like at weddings. I went to a wedding with my friend. I didn't know anybody <laughs> at the wedding. It was his friend. And. <laughs> I broke into the Roger Rabbit during Poison and everyone at the wedding Brutal. was like, they were like, what? <laughs> I even I even taught when my best friend got married a couple of years ago. Yeah. She has a stepdaughter who was, she was, Mackenzie was like eight at the time. And Mackenzie was like, I want, I want, I want to learn the dance. I want to do, because Aaron's like, you have to do it at my wedding. You have to do the yeah. Roger Rabbit at my wedding. And so Mackenzie's like, I want to learn it. Now Mackenzie is an Irish step dancer, right? Oh my, yeah. So I teach her the Roger Rabbit. And then we get to the wedding and I'm in like the, the gown or whatever. And it's, just, and it's just me and just me and Ken's in the middle of the dance floor, nobody else. And they put on poison. And we start doing it. And I'm like, and I'm like getting winded because this eight year old is running circles around me because she's a freaking Irish step dancer. Oh my. And, and so this comes naturally to her. And I'm like, Ken, I got to take a break. I'm like, good that Lord. Is gold. Oh, that is gold. So the Roger Rabbit has seen me through a lot in my life. Nice. So. Nice. That is yeah. a hell of a fun fact. I appreciate you. There you sharing go. that yeah. with our uh, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm glad I came nice. up with something. For a second there, I was like, what am I going to say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good deal. Well, we are approaching the end of the show here. I've got to ask you a couple more questions if you don't mind sure. staying a little longer. Okay, cool. Now, almost got run over by a nun this morning. If that doesn't <laughs> sum up my life, you have to, you have to inform <laughs> our listeners of that tweet because when I saw that <laughs> that was a, it was a little while back but it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> that's, that's true that's a true story what happened I, I mean oh my gosh oh my. well I I live right near like, <laughs> I, I guess I guess a convent or some yeah. kind of something along those lines. I have a, a dog and I'm, I'm walking, I'm out in the morning kind of walking my dog through the neighborhood and it's early enough. So I'm, I'm probably not paying super attention. Yeah. And the back gate to the convent is like right on the, on my street. So I was walking and like, literally like this car was like, and I, I, oh. and I was like stunned. And I looked up and it was like a nun in the full habit. <laughs> Nice. Wait, seriously, nice. like in the full in the full habit, and oh I was my. like, "Oh my 
God. Oh, that's a movie scene right there. That could have been bad. And then as I walked away, I started laughing because I was like, that's fitting. (laughs) Of course that almost happened. You know, like I'm a, Uh, I'm a Boston, you know, Boston recovering Catholic. (laughs) And, you know, well, it could have been worse. You could have been doing the Roger Rabbit and then the nun, um, you know, (laughs) brush. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it was like, it was just one of those things where it was so close to happening. And I was, the fact, I just was like, well, that, and if, you know, if you can sum me up in one tweet, I do think that pretty accurately does it. Oh, that is gold. That is really hilarious. Now, but it really happened. Really that's a scene. I swear that's a movie yeah, scene right there. I didn't make it up. Oh, jeez. Now, <laughs> Boston baked beans, do you like them? I do not. Me either. I've never been a fan of those things. Are they popular? Yeah. Are... Well, maybe among like people my parents' age. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like an <laughs> like, old yeah, an older they're kind, they're, crowd. They're, yeah. They're kind of old school. Although I do, yeah. I do appreciate a Frank. Okay. You know, beans and Franks go together. Yeah. I appreciate the hell out of a Frank. Yeah, that's that's especially good. like a Fenway Frank. But oh, so they're good. Do uh, they live up to the hype? Yeah, they do live up to the hype. Gosh, they're pretty amazing. My God. Um, but yeah, what's no, that ballpark no, no, like? No oh. Boston bake for me. Oh, Fenway. Yeah, is it? Have you been? To, you've been Magic. to Dodger Stadium, right? I'm I sure. have been to Dodger Stadium, okay. which I actually I prefer to Angel Stadium. I think Angel yeah. Stadium is way too Disney for me, and me being too. you know. I'm also the mayor of Red Sox Nation for Los Angeles, so you know. <laughs> I, I like I like my baseball what? like delivered to me straight. I don't nice. like a lot of bells and whistles, so right. I don't like the mon- I don't like the monkey or the fireworks. I'm like, get that out of here! I just give me baseball. Right. So I'd rather I'd rather go to Dodger Stadium where I could probably get beat up at, at any second. Right, right. For wearing a Red Sox hat, of course. Are you mad that you know Poppy retired? I am. <laughs> Bl- bless that man. Yeah, he's he is tremendous. so. He is so cute. There was um uh, one awesome. time a couple a couple years ago. Uh, it was so, it was so crazy. I have a friend from high school. I went to high school with this girl, Linda, who and en- en- ended up marrying John Henry, who oh. owns owns the Red Sox. Yeah, so crazy. I was home uh, over the summer a couple years ago and and ran into Linda, and she very generously uh, gifted me some tickets to the, to the Sox game and. When we showed up, I brought my brother and, and my dad and we show up to the game and I was like, these are, you know, maybe they're in the, you know, a box up above yeah. or something. And we show up and my brother looks at them and he was like, Hillary, these are dugout box seats. <laughs> like, these are like, these are like the Matt Damon, Ben Affleck seats. Yeah. And so awesome. we ended up, we ended up down there and we were right there and we saw Poppy hit a home run. Oh, and, nice. And we got to high five him. What? Back to the dugout. Oh, yes. It was yeah, that it was is awesome. It was yeah. So when he retired, I, I shed a tear, and that's the memory that I thought of was sitting wow. right there and the kind of being so close to greatness. Gosh, that is awesome. Yeah. What? Yeah. So thank you, Linda, for that. If you're listening, yeah, I'll even thank Linda. <laughs> thank you for that. That was like the, one of my favorite, yeah, oh, memories geez. ever. That is fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Very very mm-hmm. cool. So Poppy. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now you know. I've got a. This is where we're. This is where I hate you. Okay, your Patriots. All right, come mm. on now. I mean, can they lose on Sunday, please? <laughs> <laughs> can Tom Brady just now. have? A, I mean, can, can can Brady just have a bad game so that my Steelers can get to the Super Bowl? Because it's getting to the point now where they're they're going to have the most Super Bowls here, and I cannot let them get ahead 
of my Steelers. So yes, I mean, well, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Why? We, we, uh, you know, we have some momentum on our side and these guys have been so much fun to watch. And I I have my, like my diehard group of fans. We, you know, last weekend we gathered at my friend Michael's house and it was amazing. And we just, you know, we, (laughs) we have this thing that we start yelling at the screen. Oh yeah. At some point, it's sort of just something that we've we've sort of made up. But like when things get a little bit like prickly and we're like, okay, here we go, here we go, we go. (laughs) One of my friends just started saying, Brady can do it. Brady can do it. And the whole room will be like, Brady can do it. Brady can do it. And we'll just like yell at the screen. And then then usually he usually hears us somehow by some miracle of non-science, hears us through the screen and pulls it off. So I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't wait to play your Steelers on Monday. Oh, stop it. 3.40 p.m., baby. I know. It's going to be insane, right? Are you excited? Mm -hmm. So you got a group of folks together? Oh, yeah. All Patriots fans. Serious, serious diehards. Gagging as uh, we speak. all Bostonians. Oh, yeah, we're a, we we take our football very you're, seriously. You're killing me. You're killing me with mm-hmm. that. I, I even had to, you know, I saw that. I remember in your profile, I, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, she's a patron. And yeah, I was just like, <laughs> mm, uh, yeah. Do we really well, have her on this program. <laughs> hey, I, I put in uh, some hard years of, yeah. of being a, f- a fan of a pretty shitty team. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. I, I, uh, I do. <laughs> Yes, brutal. I've in both actually in, in both baseball and right, football. Right, Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah. So just because you know things happen to be going well for the city of Boston <laughs> in the last ten years doesn't mean that I didn't put my time in to begin with. And hey, to be out here and to be uh, apart from all of that and be out of Boston, it's so nice to like yeah. be able to share it with all these people that I know that are Bostonians. And I have my guys at the bar. I go to the bar called the Garage. And, um, oh, okay. Call- in Culver City, and like I have my my groups of people that I watch with, and it's yeah. nice to be able to win. It feels good. Right. Hey, in a city right. where it's hard to win on a daily basis, it's yeah. nice to have like a win sometimes. True, of some true, kind. true. Just not Sunday, please. I'm just begging you. Please <laughs> let my Steelers uh, through. Come uh, on. Oh, Goodness I can't. I, I, I can't. I can't deal with the Steelers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't handle them. It's not okay. Well, here's the thing. It's cool though, because I think both cities. Roethlisberger. Yeah. But you know what's interesting? I found that these two teams, they tend to respect each other, which is really cool. It's, it's not like a rivalry. Like we are with the Ravens and like you guys are with some certain teams. I think there's a, it's kind of a cool respect thing going there. Now, I don't know if that'll be the same after Sunday <laughs> because, well, Brady just shreds us each time. I mean, he just picks apart our defense. I mean, he just he just finds ways to uh, to beat the three four, and I it's just uh, goodness gracious. But we've had his number a couple times, and I'm hoping that continues on. You know, obviously on Sunday, but you know, either yeah. way, I'm gonna say that if you all do represent the AFC, you got to win it all. <laughs> That's what Fair. I'm saying. Okay, yeah. I, I I will take that. Well. May the best team win on Sunday, sir. Right, right. Good, good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it, it'll be a good, it'll be a good matchup. I'm kind of excited about it. But that is for sure, and yeah. that I'm, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I love it when it's a good game. So yeah. give, give me, give me a good game to watch. Right, right. Did Brady yeah. cheat though? Did he? <laughs> Did he uh, deflate the balls? Wow. As if I have that kind of information. Oh my! What's your thoughts I, on that? Though? I, I'm curious. I, I'm putting you on the spot. I think How about I, that? No, but I, th- I think I think the irony that my word choice in, 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 a, in a moment is going to be ironic, but 
I think that whole situation was blown out of proportion. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to add a drum roll to that. That is <laughs> that uh, that sums it up, right? <laughs> yes, that's my feeling about that yeah, whole saga. I love that. <laughs> oh, that is the best comeback ever on that. Jeez, oh, my Thank goodness, you. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Well, seriously, it has been a treat having you on the program. And you know, before we wrap, two things. Is there any advice that you would like to share with someone that might be listening to this podcast right now, but maybe they don't know what to do? Maybe they're, you know, they don't have the resources. Maybe they don't have the confidence. Maybe they want to do what you're doing right now. Maybe they're a friend of yours that's back east, you know, that, that's maybe. sort of deciding, you know, what should I do next? What advice would you give that individual? Well, I tell everyone that kind of comes to me and asks me, you know, how did you do this, make this thing happen? I think if you're really dipping your toe into something new, I would say, you know, just try it out and try it in your spare time and just don't be afraid to put it out there, right? Because right. you're not going to get, you're not going to get anywhere. If like, if you toil away in the wee hours of the morning and, and you're writing up the, the next great indie film, mm -hmm. but then you're too afraid to share it with anybody. Mm, yeah. It's never going to see the light of day. So you kind of have to get over yourself and just be willing to kind of share it. And then I would say if you're at a point where you've, you know, kind of dipped your toe in the water and have been doing it for a while and are really at the point where you're like, should I take it seriously? I think at that point, you kind of just have to cut the cord and go. Oh, good point. Yep. There's no like holding on, you know, and trying to be all things to all people and trying to maintain, you know, when you try to hold down like a full-time career and then yeah. try to take it seriously. Like it really is it's a long road that way. And I think you have to kind of be brave and, and just go for it. Oh, that's great advice now feel free to plug anything you wish websites twitter accounts well, instagram all, how can people get in touch with you all of my accounts are exactly the same it's it's just my name hillary barraford one l and hillary not like not like uh ms clinton, ms. clinton. <laughs> um, <laughs> mrs clinton indeed so one l and hillary and uh yeah uh, twitter and facebook and instagram and snapchat it's all all the same. I try to keep it entertaining. So, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I tell you what, it has been really entertaining and quite a treat here having you on the program here uh, this evening. And I appreciate you staying as long as you did to chat it up here with us. So, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time out to come on this show. It is certainly thank been you a so much, Mac. My thank God. you so much for having me. It's been it's been a lot of fun talking <laughs> with you too. It's been a uh, so, complete yeah. riot, and yeah, I'm hoping that Tom Brady. I don't know. Hopefully a nun will run across the field, not hit him though. Just, just snatch him away, you know, <laughs> knock him out for Dude, at least three quarters, three quarters. That, of these. that man comes prepared. Gosh, oh, <laughs> He comes, he comes ready to play. Oh. And even without his favorite partner in crime, Rob Gronkowski, yeah. he's still ready to dominate. He is. He really is. He's mm -hmm. the best. He is, he is the, the best. best. Well, he's the goat. Oh, yuck. Ugh. The goat. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, uh, <the> goat. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Well, Godspeed to all the projects that you have coming up. And obviously that uh, premiere is 
tonight so it should be probably soon if it hopefully hasn't happened while we were uh you know having yeah. this <laughs> soon very soon look for it if not not tonight then i'm sure they'll they'll get it up tomorrow so fantastic. uh yeah check out check out the pilot fantastic well hillary it has been an honor having you on the program and god let's fade this out here what do you think sounds good great well ladies and gentlemen that was hillary with one l barefoot <laughs> <laughs> And we will be back with more after this break. You are listening to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole and I host this show. Hopefully you are feeling inspired. It's been a wonderful time this evening. I want to thank you for listening to this program. Make sure you tell someone how to follow this show on Twitter at Cinema After Dark. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with more shortly. And welcome back to the program here tonight. Before we wrap, I want to thank our guest tonight on this special 100th episode, Miss Hillary Bereford, and what a great discussion that was. It was fun teasing her about the New England Patriots. It'll be an interesting game here, so may the best team for that day win. I also want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Obviously, this show doesn't exist without you listening, so thank you so much for listening, and please spread the word about this show. Show someone how to follow us on Twitter. Show someone how to listen to one of our episodes. Maybe you can show someone how to access it on 